Hola, my name is Dr. Kelly Alvarado Young. You can call me Dr. K. I'm a Latina, mommy, scholar, registered yoga teacher, and mujer cultivating pathways towards healing for BIPOC folk. La brega is Puerto Rican slang for struggle, doing the best we can with the hardships thrown at us and still enjoying life. You are not alone in La Brega. Join me on the Wellness Cheese Chat, where guests co-create a space to share how they incorporate wellness into their lives. We may experience pain, trauma, and hardships as we work to build a more equitable world. That's why it's more important than ever to build a space we can post up with our cafecito to center how we care for ourselves, community, and world. Vamos and welcome to La Brega Yoga Flow and Meditation Wellness Chisme Chat. Dale! Hola, mi gente. It's Dr. K, and I am looking forward to our next guest on the podcast today. We have Dr. Joel Perez, who has been a great mentor, a great friend, and someone that I've had the opportunity to really work alongside and have learned to value his process of caring for himself, his familia, and his community. So with that, help me welcome Dr. Perez. I am looking forward to this conversation and where where our conversation takes us. Uh, tell our listeners a little bit about you. Uh, I am originally from Los Angeles, uh, born and raised, and that's where I live now. Um, parents immigrated from Mexico in the late 50s and met in Los Angeles, and I'm the youngest of three boys. Spanish was my first language, was experiencing some white flight as I was growing up, and then uh, went off to college uh, at a predominantly white institution, working and serving in various leadership roles. Uh, which now has led me to launch my own coaching and consulting practice. Uh, I am bilingual, uh, identify as heterosexual, he, him, his, cisgender. I have four children, uh, four biracial kids, uh, ages 10 to 17. Uh, My partner and I have been married uh, 25 years and uh, met in college. Uh, She is a white woman uh, who identifies as a white woman and Uh, We've been on this journey for 25 years and continue to be on a journey together. And yeah, just just happy to be part of of this program and also really excited to share about, you know, how I think about this topic, what I've learned along the way in my own career, as well as raise four children, being married for 25 years uh, and being really passionate about diversity, equity and inclusion in the work that I do. Yes, definitely a lot of angles (laughs) to be able to explore (laughs) in that time Mm -hmm. period. And, uh, you know, let's start off with our first question. What does wellness mean to you? Yeah, to me, wellness means lifelong. And what I mean by that is it's a lifelong journey. And it's not Similarly to the work, actually, there's a lot of similarities for me in wellness and diversity, equity, and inclusion work. And what I what I mean by that is that it's not something to be achieved, meaning you don't get to a certain stopping point and you've achieved it. Um, it is a process that is really a journey, and you get better at it along the way. But you're never you never arrive because what works for you in one place 
or at what point of your life may not work for you later in life. And, and the, the comparison of diversity, equity, inclusion is just as, just as demographics change, just as language changes, culture changes, it's having the right posture and how you approach both of those things. And particularly here with wellness, it's, it's your pros, posture in how you approach wellness in the sense of what you can do to take care of yourself and what works for you at the moment or at your current life stage, right? When you have young children, if you have young children, you need to really create some time and space in the midst of the chaos of raising young children. And then now, like in my life, as they've grown older, wellness has looked different for me. And as I've gotten older, it looks different. It compared to when I was single, uh, didn't have a partner, wellness looked different for me then than it does now. So that's why I say lifelong, because it truly is a journey that changes over time. Similarly to having an approach of being a lifelong learner, you have to have a lifelong learning approach to wellness um, and, and being able to have that right posture and how you approach it. So you're able to be as well as you can and do the things that work for you in that current time you find yourself in. That definitely resonates. I love the part where you talk about the life stages are going to require your wellness to look different Mm -hmm. because I have a young son, my nene lindo, who's two, who is thankfully sleeping now. I need to plan around his experience and what he's doing and making sure he's cared for. And then once he is, then I can turn that lens back to me. And so then you know, Joel, what have been some of those things that may have worked for you earlier in your life stages that no longer have served you now? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I would also say that what worked for me early on laid the foundation for things that are working for me now. Uh, What worked for me then that is starting to work for me again now is having my own space, right? So when you're when you're single, you're living on your own, you have the ability to create your own space because there's not people around you all the time. Whereas if you have a partner uh, and then maybe have children, that space becomes difficult to achieve because there's others in your space. So early on in my life, I had that space. I, you know, not very long after I got got out of college, so I got married. But when I was in college, I was able to be on my own, create my own space. As I started dating and then getting married, it just became more of a challenge. So I had to work hard at creating that space or boundaries. So I was able, and, by, and what I mean by space is just the ability to be on my own in solitude and silence. Uh, faith is a huge part of my life. And so the spiritual practices of, of solitude and silence are something that I really value and long for at times. And as uh, my partner and I, my partner's name is Jennifer, and I got married, it just became a little bit more challenging to create that space for solitude. And then as Samuel, Noah, Seth, Elizabeth came along, it got tighter to or harder to create that space. But now as they're getting older, that space is becoming more available. So I would say, like I said, laying the foundation or having the foundation earlier, particularly around science and solitude helped uh, because 
I saw the value in having those things uh, for my wellness. At times, they were harder to achieve because of life circumstance. Um, and whereas now the, the, that space is being more readily available again. But like in anything, as you grow older <laughs> and grow wiser, uh, in the midst of losing your hair, I don't have any hair, or you can't see me, um, or getting whiter hair, <laughs> you, be, you begin to get wiser and valuing those things and, and realizing the importance of what it means to be well, because you got to be good to yourself so you can be the most effective partner, parent, son, daughter, mother, father, all those things are important to me. And so I need that space to be reflective in order to think deeply about what it means, as well as being the best professional I can be. And so being reflective has been really valuable to me, really contributed to my wellness as a individual. As an introvert myself, I definitely resonate with the just needing to sit in a quiet room, no noise, no nothing nothing. <laughs> and that I know for me and my partner, Matt, that's been one thing where his love language is quality time. So he loves to just be together. And I'm like, okay, I just need to be by myself in a corner for a little while. <laughs> and it, it's been part of that navigation of our relationship as we have worked to identify, okay, what does this look like from our pre-dating times to dating, to married, married with children, to young children. So over your 25 years of marriage with Jennifer, how have you navigated being able to balance what it is that you need as a person so that you can show up as a healthy and well father and spouse and brother and person. Yeah, I would say what's been helpful is conversation and being open and honest in what you need as an individual and what your partner needs. Um, so having, being able to add, to do check-ins on a regular basis, but being able to be completely honest has been super helpful or really helpful for us as we navigate, you know, these later stages in life, uh, as we move through um, our older years uh, or midlife to, to, to later in life, right? Have, is, has it always worked? No, um, there's been challenges, either experiencing our disappointments in life, loss, but what I have really valued about our marriage and our relationship is the ability to be honest or desire to be honest and knowing what we need to work on as individuals. Therapy has been super helpful. My own therapy. So I've been really being in a therapeutic relationship has been super helpful for me as I process my own disappointments. And that's helped me be better at showing up in the partnership because I know I need to be honest and know when I need to ask for help and also to ask for space. So I would say those are the things that have helped us in our marriage as, and as we continue to move through our relationship as, as a couple. Absolutely. That communication of being able to not have folks sit in the dark, trying to figure out what is it that they mean? What's between the lines? The more direct we can be, and I'm a New Yorker and I like to be pretty direct. Sometimes I need to mm -hmm. remember my partners from the West Coast. He's, he's a little mm -hmm. less indirect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's very indirect. Uh, so it has been helpful to be able to just have those straight up conversations and 
know when partner can be there for you. And Mm -hmm. sometimes there are others that we need to be there and helps us do all those things. So thank you for sharing that. So then what would you say are the dimensions of wellness that are most front and center for you today? Today, I would say I've been doing what in my faith is called centering prayer, where you're just, you're sitting alone in silence, being contemplative. And even though it's a little bit, it's like meditation, but centered on, in my case, my relationship to God. And so just being still and being in a liminal space, but knowing that there'll be distractions. And so if you Google meditation or Buddhist meditation, centering prayer, there's strategies on how to create space where you're able to just be in a prayerful posture in my case, which means being being okay with the distractions while you're thinking, but being good about using meditation to sort of shut things out so you're able to just focus. So that's been super helpful. The other piece for me is exercise. Some months are better than others. So walking has been really helpful. Music has been really helpful for me. Uh, If you haven't seen the movie Encanto, I would encourage you to do that. It's the music in that movie has really caused me to be more contemplative as I drive and listen and think about the lyrics in in my own life and in what I've observed in in others' lives. And so that's helped me be well. Um, Music, sitting in the sun. Now it's easier for me in Southern California right now than others. That's been really helpful. And journaling. I am not a crazy journaler. Like I don't journal every day and I don't journal five or six pages a day. It's probably more like once a week is what I average or twice a week where I'm just jotting down ideas uh, or, or prayers. And that's helping me center and be well. And I've started uh, seeing a chiropractor, which has been really helpful for me as well. So those are all things that, that I would say I'm leaning into in the midst of challenges in life, whether that's owning my own business, my marriage, helping my kids process what they're experiencing in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of the murder of George Floyd. Those are all things that have impacted me and us, right? And so making sure that I create space to process, to think. And then the other piece is talking with friends, mentors, a coach has been really helpful in my wellness. So even though I am a coach, I have a coach and that's been really helpful in me as I think about my own development as a coach, as, as, as a leader in the different circles that I lead in. I love coaches got a coach. <laughs> mm-hmm. this is, yes. Mm-hmm. And Encanto is literally on replay in our house because it just speaks to the soul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it really yes. does. Mm-hmm. And for my son being two and to be like, mommy, vamos a ver el Encanto. Encanto. <laughs> Hi, casita. When we come home now, I'm like, oh my yeah. gosh, this is darling. And the stories I could talk, that's a whole nother podcast. (laughs) But, you know, I think these are such beautiful ways that you have been able to find the best way that you are able to find wellness. Where does baseball fall in this? I, I uh, you know, baseball's not in there. Hoy. Yeah, you called me out on that. I, I, I was getting really, baseball is a part of my, it's not baseball season. So that's probably why I didn't think of it. Although for me, it is year round because I'm, I follow it all the time, but baseball is a huge part or going to a game, watching a game 
is the way I sometimes decompress. Yes, baseball for sure. Going to movies is another uh, piece for me on how I de-stress or lose myself in, in another world is really helpful for me as well. Yes, my partner loves baseball. I, I have a short attention span for baseball, but I enjoy the sitting there and just hearing the crowd and the murmur and really being present, right? Being able to sit and still be present, even though there are multiple distractions that yes. can be happening at a game. Yes, thank you for, for reminding me of my own passion that I normally talk a lot about, but for escape my memory today. Yeah, so I feel like every time we check out on Facebook, I'm like, oh, is that another Dodgers game? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Thank you. So then uh, what challenges have you faced where you have had to really exhibit your forms of wellness and that they have helped support you getting through those times? Early in my career, I lost my job and it wasn't by choice. What was helpful for me during that time is to lean into silence and solitude. So that was really helpful in helping me get through to see what's what's ahead of me. And I think laid a really strong foundation for um, for later in my career when when my career took a turn. I left my last role, uh, official role as a higher education senior leader at an institution. There was a decision to part ways uh, amicably. But during that time, I had to do, again, start soul searching again and really being introspective about what's next for me. So I had a mentor tell me, you need to use that time or think of that time as a sabbatical or a time away from the field. So I did a lot of thinking, contemplation. There was therapy in that time during that time because I wasn't quite sure what was next or what I thought would be next. The door was not opening. And that actually led me to find coaching. That door opened. I've been coaching ever since. And so when I've had disappointment in my life professionally, remembering what has helped me move through those periods have been silent, solitude, journaling, uh, leaning into friends, mentors, as I contemplate what is next for me, right? So that's been, there's also been loss in my life. Family-wise, We I lost some nieces and nephews really early on. Uh, that They were early on in their lives. And, and during that time, it was a lot of like, I can't, I can't believe there's been a loss of life with young kids. So again, leaning into the things that have worked for me uh, in order to be well was important to me and, and really helpful in helping me move through those times. Similarly, you know, as you raise kids, as they get older, they have their challenges, want to be there for them as much as possible in the midst of their own loss or what they're experiencing. I feel for me, in order to be a good father, I've had to be able to be well so I can be fully present. I mean, being home on a Saturday and, and just focusing on just being in the house, being available for conversation, because my kids are, you know, experiencing their own challenges as, like I said, in the, in the midst of this pandemic and isolation, trying to be present in their lives to help them process what they're experiencing. Life happens, circumstances happen, lost happens, professionally, personally, disappointment comes. And for me, in order to be well, and it goes back to that lifelong piece, I know that there'll be stages in my life where there'll be really a lot of disappointment or a lot of loss. 
but I have to move through that in order to get to the other side. And the way I do that is by being well. For me, going back to what I said earlier about those things that help me be well are things that I lean into when there is disappointment or, or loss in my life where I may feel like I have nowhere to, I don't know what, I don't know what's happening and it's really heavy on me, but I know that these are the things that have helped ground me to move through what I'm experiencing. And so I need to do those things again. In those times where you can feel like a sail in the wind, it's those grounding pieces, the practices that you do when everything's going well, Mm -hmm. those grounding practices are even more important to do when things feel like they're out of control and up in the air. And as a recovering perfectionist myself, Mm -hmm. I know for myself being able to build a life that I think is what I wanted is sometimes very humbling when, you know, my spirits or my God tells me, wait a minute, I have a different idea for you. And I'm like, wait a minute, my ego has a better idea learning to let go and, and be there for those moments, right? You can never have those moments back with your kids and being present with them is so important and beneficial and blows my mind. All the things kids nowadays know or see and they Mm -hmm. may seem so quiet but Mm -hmm. they have so much to share yes and and that gift of presence is something that is so important so then how do you find hope well like i said earlier my faith is really important to me so faith gives me hope it grounds me i know for me and what i believe in my beliefs that ultimately there's something better on the other side of my of life right of when i go, when i pass away there's something else i have hope for so that helps move me forward in the midst of disappointment and loss i have a belief that there's more to this life uh, beyond this life and so that gives me hope i think what also gives me hope is colleagues friends mentors and how much they believe in me how much they encourage me and celebrate with me is really important. My partner gives me hope. When I started my, when I launched my own coaching and consulting practice, she, she looked at me in the midst of my stress going, how am I going to do this? And she looked at me and said, you need to believe in yourself. I believe in you. We just need to be patient. I got you. You got this. You can do it. And that inspired me to, or gave me hope that I knew I would get through what I was at the time, stressed out about financially because I just didn't know how we were going to make ends meet. But she told me, I believe in you. And that that gave me hope to push forward. Absolutely. Sometimes that external validation <laughs> can mm-hmm. also help with that personal internal validation. Be like, wait a minute. Yes, I am kick-ass. Yes. I know what uh-huh. I'm doing. Exactly. And you are an amazing coach. And don't worry, we'll put all your information <laughs> okay. in our show notes all right. uh, for you and for folks out there that might want to get to work with you because mm-hmm. you're right. Being able to lean on others, ask for help and go back to the practices that help center you mm-hmm. are lifelong. It will always be there because there'll always be something going on mm-hmm. and there'll always be something to celebrate. And you have made some amazing, amazing strides. And I know I am definitely one of those cheerleaders from the side going, oh yeah, look at him now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we're coming to a wrap. And before we go, I'd love to know what is a consejo or a piece of advice that you would want to give our listeners? 
A consejo I would have is to believe in yourself, that in the midst of what you're experiencing, if it's challenging, that there is something better waiting and that hopefully it's going to sound cliche, but it's going to make you stronger. And not to forget the people around you who believe in you and to ground and center yourself in what has helped you in the past develop the resilience that you have, because we all have the ability to develop resiliency. Some of us have developed resiliency because of our upbringing, what we experience, what we experience as children, as young adults. But even if you didn't experience some of those things, you have the ability to develop resiliency. And the way you do that is to be really mindful of what's happening around you and believe in yourself because others believe in you. Well, uh, those are all the questions we have for today's episode. Love to know if folks want to be able to get in touch with you, learn more about the amazing work you're doing. How should they go about doing that? Uh, there's two ways. One is my website. So uh, apoyocoaching.com. The other is LinkedIn. I live and eat and breathe LinkedIn. So my profile is really active. I post pretty frequently. People should feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn or visit my website and there's a way to schedule time to connect with me. Would be happy to connect with people through those mediums if they choose to. Well, that is fabulous. I know I always look at your LinkedIn profile. I'm like, all right, what what <laughs> items is he posting today? So you are definitely got your finger on the pulse and you are a really fun person to be able to watch watch as you're posting over in the LinkedIn world. And I just want to thank you again for coming on the show and joining me for this chit chat. It's been wonderful to get to learn a little bit more about you also as a friend and a colleague. And I am just really grateful for our time together. Yeah. And I appreciate the invitation and the time you've given me to share with others, the things I've learned and, and I continue to learn, right. Cause it's a lifelong process. And so I just value this space, look forward to connecting with people if they choose to. Ya llegaste al fin. Thank you for joining me and our guests for some chisme on how we can embrace wellness as BIPOC folk. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. All the show notes and links can be found over at labregayoga.com. New episodes will be dropped the first and third Thursday of the month. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Don't forget to join me for another episode of Wellness Cheese Chat. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode and all things wellness. Send me a DM and you can find me on Instagram at labregayoga. Hasta la próxima. Nos vemos. Chao.